When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thank you for spending some of the morning here with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We're going to start talking St. Louis Cardinals. Yep, you heard it right. We were criticized yesterday, and fairly so, uh, that we talk a lot about the regional teams and we make a promise that if you've got a... Uh, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, if you follow one of the regional teams, you're going to hear about it from noon to uh, from ten to noon at some point during the week. And the Cardinals uh, seem to draw the short straw more often than not. Not well, I kind of have a feeling why. And it was a nice change of pace last night listening to the broadcast. Anyways, we'll talk to Brian Walton on the Cardinals at ten thirty this morning. John Bowen Camp covers the Hawkeyes. Uh, for uh, various sources in the uh, state, Hawkeye Nation, the AP, etc. So we will uh, get uh, Birchie in. Uh, Birchie. We'll get John Bowenkamp in here to uh, help us out with that. Uh, I guess there is the, this lawsuit's not going away. Chad Leistico wrote a, a good piece, uh, kind of an informative piece this morning at the Des Moines Register uh, regarding where this the lawsuit that... Did you forgot about it? Good morning, first of all. Hey, how's it going? I kind of almost forgotten about this lawsuit that was filed in 2020. That's still very much alive. Jonathan Parker and and the players involved. Um, so, will we get to that? I don't know, but uh, there there may be some news on that in the next few days. As the um, do you remember there were four reports produced by that independent firm for almost like personnel reports. Mm-hmm. Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, uh, Chris Doyle, and one other, and they were kept under seal. Yes. The defense, not the defense, the uh, the folks that have brought the lawsuit, the attorneys for the plaintiffs, um, have requested that that be part of the discovery, which I know is getting a little deep for our audience yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, our, and, and the two hosts. Um, but they've asked for that to be part of the discovery, and that's a problem for the University of Iowa. They don't want to. I mean, this is a personnel file, and they don't think that that should be brought uh, into the suit. So that's something to watch. Apparently the judge is going to make a decision on that, uh, and I think that'll go a long way in determining how this case goes. But we'll talk about other things. With, uh, we'll pick his brain, what he saw, uh, etc. Et on Saturday with John Bolenkamp. Deal? I'm looking forward to that, and uh, always fun to talk to John. Good guy. Knows basketball, knows football, knows the Hawkeyes well, and yeah, he is a Dodger fan, but he's still a pretty good guy. No, he is. Uh, and then in the 11 o'clock hour, we are going to begin our 
the draft is 48 hours away. There are two native Iowans that have a chance to go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Trent, this should be a bigger story. It should be a bigger story. I get it's the NFL draft, but we've got two kids that born, raised, played their high school, played their college football here, and they're both going to go in the first round on Thursday night. And I don't know, it's seemingly not getting the coverage that maybe in past years it would. You know, something kind of interesting, talking about, of course, Trevor Penning, and looking back a year ago to Spencer Brown, another UNI offensive uh-huh. lineman. And what a player he's turned out to be. Didn't it seem like in the past those guys would end up in Iowa City? Is there something happening where the way they're looking at offensive linemen yeah. and the development, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's still been very good. The mm-hmm. Linderbaums of the world, excellent. Yep. What we saw, Tristan Wirfs, but the overall depth that we saw that offensive line, because the offensive line has not been very good, even with the individual By pieces. By Iowa standards. Right. Right. The individual Without, pieces. With the exception of the individual piece, of course, playing center. But as year. a whole. Uh-huh, true. I mean, the offensive line was terrible yeah, last year. True. It got better as the year went on, and... You can talk about injuries, you can talk about Kellenberger leaving, Mm -hmm. all all those different things, but it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And it certainly wasn't good enough from Iowa standards. And that's as a whole. The joke of 2015, that team winning the Offensive Line of the Year Award, the Joe Moore Award, (laughs) that offensive line was not good. But it's the Joe Moore Award. We know the connection to Ferentz. They were a really good team that year. When's the last great offensive line that Iowa's had? Oh, boy. I I mean, we'd have to really dig back. 2009? That 2008 was really, really salty. Mm-hmm. The year that they got hot at the end of the year, mm-hmm. upset Penn State. Yep. But as a whole. Probably 2009. Yeah. That's but like you say, they certainly had parts right. between, you know, up until this point. But a full complement yeah. of five guys that you feel confident. It's been a really long time. No, and, and, and Ference has held that reputation as a, a guy that takes offensive linemen, molds them, uh, asks them to switch positions, mm-hmm. as we've seen again, we've seen again this year, um, and, and gets them to the league. Uh, that's the um, that's what he carries around with him, and he's very well respected for that. But I get your point. Uh, anyways, we're going to get into the draft. Uh, Dave Sinekin covers the Packers, theheadcheese.com. They've had a very eventful off season to this point, yeah. so we'll do more than just the draft with Dave and then Nick Athen on the Chiefs uh, at about eleven thirty. They too have two picks. Do you think it's because the the draft is um, kind of oh not flying under the radar, but not getting the? I mean, look, maybe it's just me, but normally I'm on the edge of my seat counting down the days to this. It's the unofficial midway point of the off season. We're, we've the, the the tough parts behind us. Once we get through this, it's all downhill until you know, fall camps in August, media days in July, Phil Steele's in June. Dot dot dot. <laughs> not that we're keeping track. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, but it's uh, it just and because maybe that there's eight teams that don't have a pick in the first round, and both of our teams. And, Let's and be honest. Sure. I mean, there's a selfish, a selfish part of this too. Very true. Where it's hard to get excited. Yeah. There's no quarterbacks that drives a lot of the buzz. Huge. It's become. Edge rushers. Receivers this year. Receivers this year. And yeah. even with that, you, know, you look at a guy like Drake London. Mm-hmm. He didn't play that last half of no, the year. No, he was hurt. It, it feels a lot different. I don't know what it exactly is. I think the quarterback is a huge, huge component of it. But I'm with you. It just It's hard for me to get overly excited about this. In fact, I'm more excited about the NFL schedule release. Yeah, on May the 12th. Than yeah. I am right. for the NFL draft. Yeah. And it's not being flippant. It, I, I am more interested, intrigued how that's going to play out. We know who everybody's going to play. We just, just don't know where. And, and what days? There's going to be three day games on Christmas. Did you see that? Three on Christmas? Three on Christmas Day. Wow. And a night game on Christmas Eve. So if Hawaii that don't play the damn Hawaii Bowl <laughs> and ruin my Christmas Eve, 
<laughs> um, that ruined your Christmas. That Eve. certainly didn't. Yeah, I did. Jesus. I mean, we're empty nesters. It's me, and my wife, right? Uh, yeah, it's. Um, but there'll be NFL uh, football on Christmas Eve this year, and then coming back with a three pack on Christmas Day. So yeah, I get your point. I think I'm more excited about that as well. Look, Friday should be fun as there's going to be a lot of clones uh, mm-hmm. and and some hawks that hear their names in rounds two and three, and then over the uh, Saturday period, I won't spend. I won't be glued like I am on Thursday and Friday. I'm still into it. I, I still will be into it. I know me, um, you know, when Thursday rolls around. But look, in the past, I mean, for God's sakes, we localized it to Cakes and O's. Somehow, Matt Peralt talked Joel McRae into sending him to the draft in New York one year. Really? I don't know who he was going to cover or what the, what the story was. But um, There wasn't a Creighton Blue Jay involved. No, I don't remember what it was, but... We wrote, we, we, um, um, Clear Channel at the time wrote the check to send Peralta to go cover the first <laughs> round of the draft uh, in New York. You know, I think another component that just not as revved up maybe for it is these NBA playoffs have been so Oh, good. they've been, that's a great point, Trent. They've been fantastic. Because normally yep. by this point, we're getting deep into the series and this one's over and this mm-hmm. one's, there, it, this has been as compelling as I can remember. Yes. And with the injuries coupled with the series being a lot better than anticipated, the NBA playoffs, I think, have also, because I've been so invested, this is the most first round I've watched. Oh, without a doubt. Since I was in yes. high school? Now, for me, perhaps it's partly because of the Stanley Cup hasn't started. That's a part, yeah. That, absolutely. Those playoffs, I mean, look, it's in my blood, right? I'm yeah. going to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I watch a lot of it, too. You do, because um, I twist your heart <laughs> to do so. But I do, because it's enjoyable. It and is. when it, it gets late, mm-hmm. and a tie, it's tied in, oh my God. in an overtime in hockey... That's where I am. I'm not watching Mavs Jazz like it was last night. You stayed with that till the end? Not to the end, but I watched a lot Oof. more of it. But if there was Islanders Rangers and it was going to overtime, that, that's where I would have been yeah. last night. Me too. With hockey playoffs going. But I think that's also maybe catapulted the NBA even up another level with, here. Without a doubt. It's been excellent. It's and, been great. And because of that, we actually we have that. Of course, I got my first place Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't play last night. But so that has got a little bit of investment too. It just. You only got so many minutes in the day, right? So many hours, and I have not devoted nearly as much as I normally do to the NFL draft. No, I'm with you. Um, Circa came out. Would you bet, did you see what Circa put out, the over-under on on where players are going to go? I didn't see what they put out, no. So they listed, I think, 25 players, and you know, then they listed draft position. Is he going to go... Seventeen, yeah, seventeen and a half. Mm -hmm. Will he go seventeen or from one to seventeen or eighteen onward in the draft? Um, But you can't bet on that in in Iowa, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I think that's okay. We got bigger fish to fry. We do. Let's get player props inside the state. That would be really good. I would cross that one off first. Let's get MVP voting. Can can we bet on that? Yep. Those are the ones. The Heisman. Those type of things. Those are more important to me than the NFL draft. Yep, I agree with you. Um, but um, it'll probably be go over very well in the states that uh, do, yes. does does offer it. I, I did bet see. Anything. I did see. I don't remember what shop it is. I think most of them kind of have this one though. Number of quarterbacks in the first mm, round: four and a half or five and a half. What was three it? and a half? Is it three and a half? And it was pretty heavily juiced to the under. Uh-huh. So three quarterbacks or less being taken in the first round. That's one that kind of had my wheels turning because you're thinking, all right, is Matt Corral going to, are the Lions going to take him at 32 uh-huh. as they have the 32 pick? Uh-huh. You know, it kind of got the wheels turning at least a little bit. Heavily juiced. It was like minus 280 on the under for that one. But that was one. And as you kind of listen and dig in a little bit more, yeah, if it was available, you asked me, I think yesterday, 
would I bet if it was available in the state? Yeah, I ultimately would have bet if that's the case, but this is one I'm not going to lose a whole lot of sleep about. So they listed, it looks as though they listed about 28 players, and no Tyler Linderbaum. They didn't put him up, but hmm. they've got Brees Hall on the board. Um, care to take a, a guess where his over-under t- number is? Linderbaum? Nope, he's not listed. Brees, Brees. Hall. 28 and a half. 39 and a half. 39 and a half. So he'll go in the first. Will he go before the first seven picks of the second round or after that? Yes. Aiden Hutchinson, one and a half. Over. So you think he goes second? Well, what's all this buzz all of a sudden that says Trayvon Walker? Yeah. And he's also at one and a half. Help me out here with the Trayvon. I remember him, but. He didn't jump off the screen. It's because he had a whole bunch of other dudes beside him and behind him that were jumping off the screen. Sure, but... Aiden Hutchinson jumped off your screen multiple times. Yes, absolutely. Thibodeau jumps off your screen. Mm -hmm. Kyle Hamilton. Yes. Shafon Walker didn't. No. No, N'Kobe Dean did. Evan Neal did. Or Jordan Davis did. Because the dude's 6'7", 340 pounds. Right. Well, he didn't leap off the screen. He he just barreled his way through the screen. You couldn't miss him. Right. Trayvon Walker? Uh-huh. We'll see. I don't, That's I the don't buzz. Yeah, I That's the buzz. But and now the betting get, favorite. And now the betting co-favorite. To be the number one yeah, pick. You, you, can't, you can't believe anything you hear. So I'm with you. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that this is uh, that big of a deal that we can't bet. Now, for Vikings fans out there, and I and um, my, my son and I have been talking a lot about Derek Stingley. Uh-huh. And you know how I feel about him. I think he's going to be a star. And I'm, I'm hoping for Vikings fans that... That he's there at 12. He's got bust written all over see, Well, he's hurt. I'll give you that. Uh, but eight and a half. So there's not mm. not much. Ch- um, I guess there's always a chance. You need a cornerback. Who are you taking? You taking Stingley? You taking Sauce, Sauce Gardner? Well, Gardner's going to be gone. If you, But you have if, if If you're in a spot to take either. GM either Ken or, Miller. I love Gardner's size. He's 6'2". I'd take him. I think so, too. I think so, too. There's so many, so many question marks with Stingley. Mm-hmm. I, the will to play. The That's, want to play, yeah. Uh, you know, along those lines, and I'm seeing a ton of people that are um, criticizing Ben Simmons here. Mm-hmm. I think you got to be careful because I'm not, I, I'm not so sure, and especially that when we remember that it's 2022, you know, calling him soft, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and that certainly would have been the way, and I would have been as guilty as anybody um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But Mental health is such a big is such a big conversation in sports of or in life, and it should be right. Um, I mean, the the, the uh, poor family whose daughter was a, a student athlete in Wisconsin, but yeah, the, the, this past weekend she she took her life. Got the pressure got to her, you know. Um, you got to be careful with these things. I think in this day and age, it's really fair. It it's yeah, and it's, it's more delicate than it was without a doubt. Even. Five years ago, mm-hmm. this conversation would be completely different. Yes, than what it is today, and it's a part of it that you know, for old school people. And I'm not saying we should be back in those days. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that this is good. I think I wish more people would kind of tap the brakes before you pass your judgment because you don't know what's going on in his life, right? And what's happening inside the head, and, and right. that's a big part of it. And that's why he's working to recoup the money that was kept away from him when he was with the Sixers before he was traded to the Nets, but. On the surface, though, you see this, and taking mental health away, it's such a bad look. Your team's down 3 nothing. You were part of a big trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a bad back, but to not go out there, mm-hmm. to not give it a shot, to not give it a go, that's difficult. Well, it seems to me he's got the um, 
the yips type of thing. I mean, no, when, when he refused to shoot yep. in the playoff game last year, and that's probably not the time to do it. Right, yeah. So we'll see. elimination game down three nothing. Hey, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Now, no, you're already down three nothing. That would yep. be the other side of it, but. You're right. It's it's something that is a lot more delicate than mm-hmm. it once was. Got to watch. Those kind of conversations. Got to watch, and rightly so. All right, so I saw Keith Murphy sat down with um, uh, uh, Green, Connor Green, mm-hmm. from the We Will Collective. I guess he's the uh, the, the legal face of the president. Jason Luch is part of it. Um, George Niang is part of it. Dan McCartney is part of it. And uh, a former... Um, Josh Rank, I think is his name. I don't remember him. Apparently he played at Iowa State as well. Um, the We Will Collective that they're putting forward, I, I think their heart's in the right place, Trent. I do. I just don't know if they're going about it the right way. And, and what, what I mean by that is they are not going to direct their, their funds to a player, to a high school kid, to a kid that wants to transfer in. They're not going to get in a bidding war over... Joe Blow, mm-hmm. who's leaving ABC and is looking for a new home. They are more focused on keeping the athletes that they have at Iowa State from leaving Iowa State. And they brought up, I know I read the Randy Peterson's piece. I know Jason Lucci was quoted in it, and Keith sat down with, uh, with Green, and he was quoted in it. They want to do it the Iowa State way, right, which is all well and good. But do the players... I mean, do the, would, would the players, do they want to have to go out? They want to do true name, image, and likeness, which is noble, which is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way everybody's playing. They're not all running the same race course. They're running, you're all running the same race because you're all after the same player, but you're not on the same course. Most schools are just giving you the money. Iowa State wants to get you here, or the, 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 the We Will Collective wants to get you here and keep you here and give you an incentive to... You know, go out, go out and do a a speaking event at the Boys and Girls Club, or um, show up at an animal. And I'm just making these up. Animal mm-hmm. Rescue League event, and be you know, shake a few hands, sign a few autographs, those type of things. What do student athletes want? I mean, what 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 was what would be um, what would be more likely to keep them? Just giving the money, or all at once, or giving them, you know, five thousand here, twenty five hundred here, depending on on make you earn that money. Well, I think ultimately, almost all of these are set up in that way, in that fashion, that there has to be something there. We've talked a lot about, of course, Nigel Pack over the weekend, former Kansas State basketball player that committed to Miami, and he's getting four hundred thousand dollars a year, two year deal, eight hundred thousand total. Oh, no, it's not not total trend. It wasn't a done deal. Total. Oh, he, he gave him a car, car right? and he got a car. Right. Well, it's a long drive to Miami. I guess. <laughs> is he from Wisconsin? He is from yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a haul. Mm-hmm. I'd want a new car, too, if I'm going to be making that drive well, He's probably down not getting on the Greyhound bus. Well, just, just a thought. That's true. But remember, this is not just straight cash, homie. Here you go. He's also working for a company that the guy that's ahead of this NIL is invested in, and it's called, what, Life Wallet. Mm-hmm. So... There's something here. He's going to be doing social media. He's going to be doing different things, different events. So this is not, for the most part, just here's the money and go. Everybody is doing it with these parameters in place, and it's a certain amount. And here's the other part of it is you put these collectives together, and you get the guy here, and, of course, it can't be connected to the university. But when you do it this fashion, hey, you have to show up at 12 events throughout the course of the year that we have here. Well, if you're no longer at the university, you're not going to be able to come back to Ames and go to 12 events, including some during the course of the year, if 
you're all of a sudden down in Kansas. So that's, I think, a piece of why they're putting these parameters in there. Mm-hmm. You have to show up to get the money, and if you're not here, well, you can't show up to get the money. So let's use Alan Lazard, because he's an Iowa kid, mm-hmm. he's a legacy recruit. He, he would have got some money. But would he have got it after his first year, or would they have changed the way they do business? Because Notre Dame's coming with a big bag of money out of high school. Urbandale, they're showing up at Urbandale with, we're going to give you whatever Lazard would have been worth. Let's say $200,000. Random two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We're going to give you this in, before you leave Urbandale. So you're going to go to your prom and you're going to have a pretty good time. You know that this money's going to be there, or you can come to Iowa State, and then you can go out and you can earn that money. I get what they're doing. I get the reason that they. I think that it's all well and good their intentions. I'm just not so sure that the way they're going forward with this is going to affect the number of student-athletes that I think they need to to keep up with everybody else. It's a fair point, and I don't really have a way to push back upon it. I mean, when you you kind of lay it out in that fashion, you're doing it a different way. And ultimately, how do you get the guys to Iowa State? we got to incentivize them, right? I think. You have to have something at the forefront. It's not, hey, hang around here for a while, and then we'll get you. Right. It's, hey, we're going to give you some money to get you. And... Yeah, I get I get where you're saying. I come, understand where you're coming from. There, we're doing it the Iowa State mm-hmm. way, but you're not playing by the Iowa State no. way. The NCAA is not doing it the Iowa State well, way. The, absolutely not. So we, we look at, and we don't know how it's going to turn out. This is all brand new, char, uh, uncharted territory, right? This is new to everybody. That way might be may be proven to be the best pathway to go forward on this. But we don't know yet. Uh, again, I, I commend them for coming up with their idea. I, I get that they want to quote the Iowa State way means a lot to them, um, but we'll we'll see how it turns out. It just seems like they are doing it differently since than some of the other schools. And if the other schools are just writing that big check right off the bat, you know, here's two hundred thousand. If you go to here, but if you come to Iowa State, you do it this way. You got to get here, and then you got to work for it. I don't know. Uh, let's get Brian in here real quick on uh, NIL. Then we'll move on. We've got a busy um, uh, final half hour, of the first hour of the program. Going to talk some Cardinal baseball. Brian, welcome to the program. Uh, Brian, what's on your mind this morning? Um, it just seems to me this this potential plan that you're laying out. It, it it's almost like it's almost like. They, they want the athlete to come. They promise them room, board, tuition, and books. And then they want them to go above and beyond that, even. They, they want them. It seems to me that the university wants to take advantage of, and the, and the, the collective wants to take advantage and almost double dip. You know, well, they, they want the athlete to do this, but yet you got to do this. And they're still, not, they're still not dealing, in my opinion, paying them for their name, image, or likeness. They still have to go above and beyond. That's that's my opinion, and I agree with you. I think Iowa State's going to be on the short end of the stick because others will just flat out cut them a check in the beginning. That's what that, I'm going to be quiet and listen. Yeah, that that's the fear, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate the call. Um, and, but, and if you're looking to keep up for Iowa State, this is still an athletic department that financially is well behind everybody else mm-hmm. in their. Big 12 brethren. In well, you, you found the donation levels at some point yes. last summer. And Iowa State, where, where did they foot in the Big 12, Trent? Oh, they, it, it was right near the bottom, It was right? ninth. And there was a huge gap between them and basically, I mean, even the top half, they were mm-hmm. half of even being in the top five at the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say, and again, we're going back to July, 
when I found those numbers. It was something like $18 million was contributed of what this institution had found. You know, Texas was over $100 million. Kansas was over $60 million. Mm-hmm. You look around, and, and they weren't even close to... Well, and let's use Kansas. If Hunter ends up at Kansas, he's going to end up at Kansas... On the promise that you know we'll 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 write you a check if you go out and speak to the the Boy Scouts of uh, sure. of Lawrence. Yep. Or they're gonna sh- are they gonna sh- is he gonna show up in Lawrence knowing he's got two hundred fifty thousand coming his way? Well, both. You're gonna do that, and in order to do that, this is what you got to do. But I just uh, I don't know. That's pretty much how all these have been set up. There is ultimately there has to be something for the money, mm-hmm. and it might not be. Like life, while well, we talked about with Nigel Pack, but it is those kind of conversations. You're going to go, you're going to shake some hands, you're going to sign some autographs, you're going to do those things, you're going to do a meet and greet, you're going to hang out with some of the big boosters, you're going to hang out with the people that are investing in this NIL. But ultimately, you got to do something to get that money. I hope that's the case. Um, we'll we'll see. All right, I want to take a basketball call here. Jeff yeah. is uh, hanging in. Uh, we'll get to the others coming up. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Uh, real quick on the collective, to be honest, guys, I'm sick and tired of talking about it. Here's the deal, and I'll make it real simple so I can get on to the NBA. Iowa and Iowa State are going to be the same boat before this. they got to get kids to recruit that they can coach up and they can get better through in you know through the program. They're never, they've never got big five-star athletes. Not that, Seldom. That's not their M.O. Right. Some of, most of them. Mm-hmm. So in, in the scheme of things, this really isn't changing anything. It's like Trent said before. There's money now. Is it what we? Well, what is changing? Now? It's no. it's it's when you develop one of those kids. Tyrese Halliburton does he stay after he starts to get good and he starts to show up on America's radar for his final year uh, of college yeah. basketball? He, he he was only there for two seasons. But after his first year, you could tell that wow, they really got something in this kid. If Kansas swoops in and takes Tyrese Hunter, and that's the and, that, and that's the rumor, I mean, this is just going to put more salt in the wound. It it is. I, I, I understand. I just, I mean, what there's, I mean, I mean, Mel Weatherwax tried to fight uh, Bill Self when he left the floor. Somebody better watch Weatherwax when when he's at Hilton when Tyrese Hunter shows up because God knows what could happen. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out. Let's just get to some. Let's talk to some NBA. Uh, Jason Tatum, in you know, through our eyes, is the best two way player in the NBA. Right. Help help me out with that six foul yesterday. Did you? What an awful call. What at all? Well, yeah, but let's yes, but he's the best two-way player in the league. If you remember, a couple years ago, they wanted to break up this nucleus. Yep. Thank God they kept Brown, uh, Tatum, and Smart. Smart. You always yep. need you always need a pit bull. You look at Smart. You look at Green. Those staples and those other really good teams. Butler with Miami. You can go on and on and on. Um, but the biggest thing, the Ben Simmons thing. You know, I heard you guys talking about it. I'm I'm going the other way. Um, he had problems um, in Philly. He had problems um, at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you play three-on-three. Three. It comes out that maybe you're going to play, maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to sit the bench. I don't know if you guys noticed, he wasn't sitting the bench yesterday. Um, as a teammate, you need to support your teammates. Your teammates, you don't think Durant deep down is asking himself, man, I wish I could get 10 minutes of Sure. It's just to give me a rest. Because if you remember, Durant missed some key free throws down the stretch he where did. he is automatic. Yep. From. He yep. is automatic. Yep. You don't think that could change if Simmons could give them 10 minutes, 12 minutes when he's playing three on three and all of a sudden he's got a back problem? Where, what, how, 
hasn't played all season. No, I know. I just uh, saw. I have a back problem. I, I'm with you. I hope that's what it is, Jeff. I got to let you go. I appreciate the call. I think, I, all I was saying is you, you have to be careful because I think there's got to be uh, something more going on with that. Um, Jack, and then Justin, then we'll get to our break. We're going to talk Cardinal baseball. I promise. Jack, hi. How are you? Hey, boys. Uh, I just got a few nil things real quick. The Iowa State thing sounds great, but like. It, I'm just going to throw out a couple things. I'll let you answer it real quick. Um, is, is this NIL money in a separate account? Is it guaranteed money? What if the kid comes in and he's offered mm-hmm. X amount of dollars and gets hurt? Uh, and, again, I, I feel like it's counterproductive because all these schools that are writing that check, they're not going to stick around and wait for this stuff. I, I I feel like they might be shooting themselves in the foot here a little bit. Am, right. am I wrong? Well, it's not the schools that are writing the check for, for to begin with. Right. I mean, they're going to that school, and then somebody's going to write them a check for going to that school. But, but Jack, your other points, we, we don't know. This is We just don't know how it's going to play out because it's... I mean, it's a week old. It feels like you're throwing ice yeah. cubes in an ocean trying to cool it down. It it, it does. Um, it's the great unknown, Jack, which is why I, I'm you know I'm on pins and needles, and I and I hope that my college sports stays the way it has been. I appreciate the call, uh, Justin. Real quick, uh, Justin, uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How about you guys? Good, fine. Let's go on. So, just a quick thought, and I'll get off and listen. Um, it seems like I haven't followed a whole lot of this real hard. I you know I'm. One of those people that it's going to sort itself out. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being Iowa nice or conservative, why wouldn't I, when Iowa State and Drake, you and I, just start playing the game with everyone else, throw the money around if you know there's going to be donators, mm-hmm. and deal with how it changes in the future? Because otherwise I feel like... Yeah, Left behind. Oklahoma, Texas, everyone else, that's what everyone's going to do. Why not just do it? And if you get some players short-term and then sort it out in the future, because otherwise everyone else, kids are going to go where the money's at, in my yep. opinion. I agree with you. Totally agree with you. Uh, thank you. Yep, thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. That's why I say I get the way that they're doing it, the air quote Iowa State way, but is that the way that everybody else is going to play? But you got to have that money, so. too. I mean, it just doesn't come out of thin air. Yeah, that's true. Right. And this is an athletic department mm-hmm. that in comparison to the Big 12 brethren, doesn't have the same kind of investment. And the part of it that I that bothers me the most is, again, they're going to the fans that they have to pony up. And some of them can. But it's the folks that are in the upper deck, mm-hmm. you know, in the end zone. Hey, can you give um, us 25 bucks a month? No, I can't. But I can maybe do... I'm going to bring my family to a couple of games... And um, that's that's all I can do at this point. And now athletic departments that are going to see some of their money dry up. For sure. Those ticket prices, they be able to get into a yeah. game. You go to that Christmas game against McNeese State, you can get in for 20 bucks for the whole family. Right. Well, you know, now it's 30 bucks yeah. because they got to find a way. And those upper deck and you can get the, the grass seats at Jack Trice, well, no longer. Those, those grass seats that you get in 100 bucks for the year, we're not going to be able to sell at that price anymore. There's going to be a trickle-down effect. There is. Uh, Trent, let's try and uh, put $1,000 in somebody's pockets. That'll go to the NIL. Well, might go a long way. Well, uh, It's time for another $1,000 home run. Let me find it. Producer hits sound effects. (laughs) You're not the producer. Co-host hits sound effects. There it is. Enter this nationwide contest by going to kxno.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword bank, bank. 
at kxno.com. Your chance at $1,000. All right, Cardinal fans, your team's in the spotlight next. Uh, John Bowenkamp coming up as well. A lot of NFL draft conversation uh, with two of the regional teams, Packers and Chiefs in Hour 2, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. Roofing.net. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Let's get to Brian Walton. He covers the St. Louis Cardinals at thecardinalnation.com. And he joins us to talk about those Cardinals. Brian, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, first of all, uh, help me out with Brad Thompson, who called the game last night. Jim Edmonds apparently had the night off. I hope he gets a whole bunch more nights off. Uh, because I gotta be, uh, I gotta tell you, it was as, a, the game was fantastic. It kind of had, I hate to say it in April, a postseason feel, but that kind of felt like that to me. Uh, it didn't end the Cardinals' way, their fans' way. I, I get that. Brad Thompson is a breath of fresh air in the booth, I think, Brian Walton. I'm not actually going to be critical of Jim Edmonds. Uh, how many games will Thompson call, and your thoughts on the job that he does? Yeah, uh, Jim Edmonds is a primary analyst. I don't know what Thompson's count is, uh, but on a lot of games where he is not the analyst in the booth, he'll be on the pre-postgame shows. For whatever reason, and it may be money, don't know, Valley Sports Midwest chooses to only have one analyst in the booth. Now, the reason I bring that up is because on this particular series, um, I happen to watch the, I like to watch the other team's feed now and then, and I watch the Sportsnet New York feed. They're so good. As a as the uh, play-by-play man, and then you have a pitcher in Ron Darling and a hitter in Keith Hernandez as the analyst. And, and in, a, in a pitching duel like we saw last night, you want a pitcher like Brad Thompson there in the booth. And I, I agree. Uh, you know, from all intents and purposes, he did a very, very good job. But I think there's something to have to be said to have both perspectives in the booth. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more on the Mets broadcast. We we don't have that luxury uh, when it is the Cardinals. The, the Mets broadcast is blacked out, and I have the, uh, what are they called, the MLB package. But listening to Cohn and Darling and Keith Hernandez, uh, I could listen to those guys do a game every night. All right, let's get to on the field. Brian, I... I um, did it feel to you like it kind of was a po- maybe it was just the pitchers duel, both guys dealing? Uh, Mike Liz ended up with five Ks. Uh, Scherzer's last man he faced was a strikeout to get him to that uh, ten number. Boy, oh boy, this was an a first class pitching matchup last night. Yeah, Nick Scherzer, a St. Louis native, has always pitched well against the Cardinals. I think he has a major league record streak of eight straight games with at least eight strikeouts against the Cardinals. He always pitches well. Of course, he really pitches well against anybody. But I think the pleasant surprise was Miles Michaelis, who you know has had had a great rookie season or a first-year season, I should say, with the Cardinals when he came over from overseas. But then the last couple of years, he struggled with injury. And what we're seeing you know, from Miles Michaelis is what the Cardinals hoped when they first signed him. And it's just, you know, you knew that it was going to be a mistake that would cause the game, but uh, you didn't think it was going to be a mistake by the Cardinals that right. uh, you know that ruined that excellent pitching duel, which uh, of which neither one of the starters received a decision. Tyler O'Neill got off to a great start the first few days of the season. It's been a struggle. Two of his mm-hmm. last nineteen at the plate. Something wrong with O'Neill? Just a slow start. What do you see in here with the left fielder? Well, Trent, you know, really, it's the entire Cardinals outfield. If you think yeah. about their success last year, the guys who really came out of nowhere was the young outfield of O'Neill, Bader, and Dylan Carlson. And this year, it's been Goldschmidt and Arenado who've carried the offense. And that, those three young outfielders, none of them have played well. Carlson is, you know, batting right around 200. Bader struggling as well. So, but O'Neill's a guy that. 
they put in the middle of the lineup between the big boppers of Goldschmidt and Arnato, and he's expected to be a guy to drive in runs. And until that big two-run uh, hit last night, you know, we hadn't seen much of that from Tyler O'Neill this year. Hadn't seen much from Yadier Molina as well, though. He did get a big hit last night and was removed for a pinch runner uh, late late in that ball game. Uh, what is is this normal for for Molina to kind of start slow? And is the you know you hear it a lot about a lot of guys is the weather warms up so they, they so does his game is that what Molina you're expecting from him for reasons that have been never stated Molina was late to camp uh and when I was down there you know I was mostly on the backfields Molina was taking five at bats you know per uh, in, in two or three innings on the backfield just trying to get his timing and you could see he wasn't where he wanted to be physically. And then he's got some kind of minor injury as well that slowed him a bit. But on the positive side, Andrew Kisner, the backup, the, the, you know, his understudy for the last few years has played very, very well in Molina's absence. And so I don't want to say it's a, a blessing anytime Yadier Molina can't play, but I think over the long haul of 162 games over seven months, Molina can't play, you know, six games a week and at his age and be able to, to perform. So I think this is the Cardinals are what I'm saying in a roundabout way, the Cardinals are overcoming his absence pretty well. Kisner's done a good, a good job. Marmol in her first year as a manager, I mean, it feels like kind of one of the first of many crossroads he hit over the course of a game. You lose a game like that, Arnado with the error that leads to just the onslaught from the Mets there. Probably a pretty difficult locker room to walk in afterwards. And What was the message from Marmol after last night? Yeah, I watched his uh, post-game interview, and I thought he was very straightforward. I mean, he wasn't emotional, but he was to the point he said very clearly that the play that Gallegos didn't cover first base and then yeah. didn't turn around mm-hmm. to look at home, that play just had to be made. Yep. Uh, you know, Arenado's play, you know, that guy makes that play 19 times Absolutely. out of 20, and yep. he wins many more games than he loses. I didn't hear what his comments, but I'm sure he would say, hey, I need to get that ball out of my glove quicker, and I need to make an accurate throw. But, you know, sometimes those kind of things happen, but it really snowballed, and Marmol was a part of it. When he brought McFarland in, you know, that sort of you know put the final nail in the coffin, but you know, McFarland had been good to that point. I, you know, hindsight will tell you, Genesis Cabrera, who pitched the eighth, looked really, really good. And, you know, but managers get into this cookie cutter. I got to bring my closer in in the ninth. Last night, it didn't work. Nope, it didn't. Uh, seemingly, is it Marmol's um, style to run more? Because it seems like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, the Cardinals are running a whole lot more, at least early in yeah, the but, season. You, Yes, it is, and I think that you know the Cardinals traditionally has always been a good base running club. Even back in the in the heyday, Molina and Albert Albert Pools had several years where he was double digit in steals, and you know he's as slow as can be. <laughs> but they look for opportunities to to take the base, and you know they've been very very good at it. Guys like. Goldsmith and O'Neill and Bader and DeYoung, those guys have multiple steals and haven't been caught. I think the Cardinals only have like one caught stealing the whole year. So, I mean, they're not, you know, this isn't the days of Ozzie Smith and Willie McGee and all, but they're looking for opportunities and taking them. Jordan Hicks gets the ball tonight for the Cardinals. He is an exciting guy to watch. Just some nasty pitches out there. Stretching him out, got three innings in his first start last week against the Marlins. What's the game plan going for? How much can they stretch this guy up with that elite stuff? Yeah, I, I don't know tonight. Whether, I mean, if they got five innings out of him, I think they would be delighted. Yeah. And I, you know, this is an extremely 
uh, important game. I mean, like, okay, so it's April. I get it. But that loss last night is the kind of loss that almost feels like two losses in one. And so they need to come out and they need to get a good outing from Hicks to kind of reset things, uh, you know, after that difficult loss last night. And Hicks, you know, as you said, you know, we know he can throw 103. The question is, can he throw strikes consistently with multiple pitches? And I think we've seen him dial down his velocity a little bit, and that's improved his uh, accuracy as well this season. He's, you know, he's had still had four walks in seven innings, but he's also only allowed three hits. He has the stuff. He just needs to figure out how to put it together. Well, the, so far so good. They're winning series, which is all about. They split with the Brewers, correct? Uh, didn't they? I think they split with the Brew Crew. That's right. So, your thoughts on the division overall? I mean, Pirates are off to a much better start than we thought that they would be. The Cubs have been kind of hot and cold. This will be a big week for them as they face the Braves and then have to go to Milwaukee. We'll know a lot more about the Cubs, I think, after this week. Uh, thought it was going to be a two-team race. I thought the Brewers were the team to beat. Man, uh, from what I've seen the first three weeks, Brian, I might tap the brakes on that a little bit. I've been impressed with the Redbirds. You know, the, and the thing is, Milwaukee's pitching is their strength, but right now the Cardinals are about a third of a run better as a staff. And if the Cardinals, you know, can keep the, you know, they're getting good performance. We talked about Michaelis, but also Dakota Hudson's pitched well. Steven Matz was really good mm-hmm. last time out. And if they can, you know, get back Jack Flaherty, you know, they should be in pretty good shape. Um, whereas the Brewers, you know, the offense just hasn't been there and, you know, they just don't have the, the firepower of the Cardinals, I don't think. But those two teams, you know, should be in the fight. I think, like you said, the Pirates are performing better than expected, but, you know, they're not going to have the horsepower over the long haul. I feel bad for Cincinnati. I feel bad for their fans mm-hmm. and the comments that ownership made. But, you know, they also, when the Cardinals played them, they were missing four of their of their eight position players and two of their starting pitchers. So, you know, the poor Reds, they got rid of a bunch of their players, and the guys they have are pretty much injured. So, you know, they're they're destined to be fighting for last place with the Pirates this year, I think. We have 20 seconds left. How would you say the first week of uh, Albert Pujols back in a Cardinal uniform is going? He's hit, hit some uh, big home runs, seemingly struggling against righties, teeing off on lefties. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Ken. Ken as long as they – Continue to use Pujols against left-handed pitching and don't overexpose him against right-handed pitching. It'll be just fine. The problem is Corey Dickerson, the other half of the designated hitter position, isn't hitting well either. And so they need to figure out something with designated hitter. I think Nolan Gorman will see him in St. Louis by Memorial Day. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Brian, thank you. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Bye now. Good to talk to you. Brian Walton, cardinalnation.com, as we catch up on the Cardinals. Do you remember... um, the, uh, Thompson? Brad Thompson? Brad Thompson? Just the name. I don't remember him. Yeah. Just the name. That's it. Pitched uh, like a handful of le- a handful of years for St. Louis. He's a relief pitcher. But he was good, huh? He was a, it was a much, it was, yes, it was, you could listen. You could listen. Um, and the test is when you go to commercial, does he keep you wanting to come back? Mm-hmm. And that was the case last night. Anyways, we'll take a time out, come back. Uh, John Bolenkamp is going to join the program. Look forward to catching up with John Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com slash delivery info. Condon, welcome back. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's go to our friend John Bowen Camp. Writes for AP, HawkeyeNation.com, Inside the Hawkeyes. Uh, part of, John, help me out with this. So it's Hawkeye Nation is now part of SportsIllustrated, SI.com? That's 
that's part. It's what I used to be. And oh, it's, uh, it's same same group, and yeah. um, so everything old is new again. I like it. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. It's that's what part of the deal is, and um, so uh, like I said, when they when they revived the site, all my old stuff was still there. So, <laughs> but better distribution, I'm assuming, right? Just having that. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean, and it helps, and it's you know, I mean, Rob Al kind of takes care of everything like that, and um, you know, it's 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 a pretty good deal. Got so. good stuff. So, I, your piece, uh, you yeah. were obviously you were at the spring practice. Uh, you were tasked yeah. with writing about the backup Alex Padilla, who missed some time. Yeah. Uh, give us your thoughts on on the uh, on his what you saw the on Saturday morning. Did you see in the limited time? I mean, it's hard. I get it. Uh, what sure. what changed from when we saw him start? What Trent three games last year mm-hmm. um, to to what you saw on Saturday, if anything? We you know we didn't see a whole lot of him. You know, but but what when when he was out there, I thought he was pretty accurate on his throws. And, uh, you know, kind of showed that mobility that he had last year. Um, I liked how he played. I mean, I, I, and, you know, I mean, like I said, he didn't get a lot of work, but when he was out there, I thought he looked pretty good. And I, there was, there was a, there was a Christmas, a Christmas to his ball that he was throwing. And, and I mean, I, I, I liked what he did. I thought, I thought he showed some good things the other day. Joey Lavis, of course, the new shiny toy. People excited. Your thoughts on him and, what we saw from the incumbent, Spencer Petras, it certainly from the video up at HawkeyeNation.com looked like a whole lot more of the same. Yeah, it really did. And in, in his case, and, and, and I, and I was, I was a little surprised by that because I thought, okay, maybe he's, maybe, you know, something's clicked in him in this offseason and, and maybe it has behind the scenes. I don't know. But from what we saw the other day, you're right. It, it was a lot of the same thing. You know, with, with Joe Avis, I mean, I, I thought he looked really good. Again, it's with the threes, you know, and then so you don't know, you know, who who you're kind of going against there. But again, he throws a good ball. There's there's and and he was accurate with it. And when when you look at the fundamentals of what he showed the other day, I liked what he did. And and then so again, you don't see kind of what has gone on in the other fourteen practices, but. What he showed me the other day was, I mean, I, there, there's something there. I mean, there, the fundamentals are there for him, and, and that's something that I think is, is really good for him moving forward. Uh, John, I would have, uh, if I would have bet whether Padilla was going to stay at Iowa after the bowl game last year, move on, I, I would have lost a lot of money. I don't think I would have been alone. Um, what, uh, so what was the decision process like for him? You know, he, he said that, you know, he he brought up Jim Caldwell had spoke to the team through their alumni panel, and he said, you know, if you're transferring because you're not getting enough playing time, you know, you're just kind of running away from from what. And he said, that's not me. You know, I want to compete for this job. I want, you know, I think I can win this job. I'm going to stay here and compete. And and he also said too that I think that players are kind of finding out right now is you don't go in the portal unless you really know there's somewhere for you to go. I mean, you don't do, you know, and, and he's had, he had a high school teammate find that out, you know, went in the portal and, you know, there wasn't anywhere for him to land. So I think, you know, he just like, okay, this is my situation. I like it here. I like the coaching staff. I like being here. I want to compete for the job. And I, and, and it's refreshing to hear that in this day and age with, with, you know, everybody, you know, looking for greener pastures and he's saying, Hey, I think I can win this job. You know, so so I, I think that was the biggest thing for him is he wanted to stay here and compete for it. Lucas Van Ness became a, a star. Mm. We saw 
a really good freshman <laughs> campaign from him, seven sacks, but the physical nature of him. Had the picture my of him God. in practice with <laughs> where he's got the jersey tucked up and the six-pack. 6'5", six, 275. Dude looks like Incredible Hulk out there. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's going to be the star this I mean, he's going to be one of the stars this year. And I, and I mean, you can just see, you saw what he did last year. And, and so now you, you build on that and, and you look at, at, at the, you know, like you said, the, the, the physicality of him. And I, I think he's going to be such a big part of this defense this year. And, and I mean, people, people are going to learn a lot about him, I think, in the first few weeks of the season because I, I think he's poised to have a, 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 an unbelievable year. Uh, John, what did you see that you think would concern uh, some of the coaches? What uh, what what didn't go well Saturday, if anything? I would be really concerned right now about your kicking game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Tory Taylor's not a problem, but right. You know, the other day the, the 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 two the two kickers you had out there were you know missed as much as they made. And and again, I know it was a windy day. You know, whatever else. But as Kirk Ferentz said. Um, you know, that's, we're going to be kicking in these kind of conditions at some point next year. And so I, I think, you know, special teams, I think, in, in that situation right now, they didn't look very consistent the other day, and I think that's a concern. Other than that, and, and I think, you know, I, mean, I, I still think the offensive line is, is a big work in progress, and I think it's such a big part of, of the way this offense runs and, and what they can do. And to me, that that's going to be one of the biggest keys is how that group rounds into shape by the opener because i mean you look back to last year it took a little while i mean even though you, i mean you had a consensus all-american center you had a lot of young guys around him well now that now tyler linderbaum's not there now you've got to, you've got to really rebuild that line i think in a lot of ways and so i i think from from a position group standpoint that's my biggest concern is how that group looks when you get into next season and how it's going to come together. Saw a lot of great things out of the freshman receivers a year ago, Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce IV. Uh, there is rumblings, though, out there about an illness that continues with Keegan Johnson, that this is something that has been long-term, dating back to maybe as long back as January. Have you heard anything at all on that front, or is it just that rumors? I have not. Um, you know, But, I mean, you know, he had such a really good year last year, and and – um, it's one of those things where, if that is true, I, again, I haven't heard anything about it. Um, is it a concern? Yeah, but I mean, that, that's a pretty deep position group. And, I mean, we still haven't seen Brody Breck yet. And uh, so, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that if it is a problem that continues into the season, you know, let him get well, let him get healthy. You've got a lot of options at that spot. And um, But if he's healthy, he's as good as they come. You know, and, and I mean, that makes that group, that much better, you know, just just having him out there. You are our NL West correspondent, John Bowen Camp. <laughs> uh, boy, this division, right, with the exception of the Diamondbacks, um, uh, the the top four teams in the division off to as good a start as anybody in baseball right now. Padres and the Rockies, which is shocking. Yeah, that'll kind of fall apart. I think. I mean, they're all going to fall. They're all going to fall behind the, the the cream of that division, and and you can see it's already at the top. So. Um, yep, you know, Giants I, are off to a good start. No, 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 no. The, uh, you saw the ace last night throwing the complete game. Yes. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. No, I, I mean, it, it is an interesting division going up, but I mean, I think the Dodgers kind of, you know, took care of the Padres this weekend, and I mean, they've been doing that in their, I mean, they've won, what is it now, 11 of their last 12 against them. So, 
Um, you know, the Giants, in my mind, are probably the biggest contender right now, but but we know who the best is. So. John Bowenkamp, Hawkeye Nation, AP, uh, and the NL West correspondent here on Miller & Con. John, thank you. We'll talk to you in the weeks down the road. Thank you. Yep, yep. Thanks. See ya. Yep. Good to talk to you. John Bowen Camp. So we catch up on our friend, uh, John. All right. Hour number two. Going to get into two of the regional NFL teams. Packers first, Chiefs second, Miller and Con and Circus play the day or Trent's play the day. Sponsored by Circa. Before we get out of here as well, we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.